Hello everyone and Louise. Uh, we are back for round two of our new exciting new year podcast. Um, yeah. We're back. Round two. <laughs> new year, new us. I'm feeling um, more confident than I was two episodes ago. Honestly, um, for those of you that don't follow us on Instagram or know us personally, uh, we came on here a fortnight ago and we're so excited for the new year. We had said we were not going to talk about the Coco anymore and I got COVID that week. <laughs> so I've been in ISO for two weeks, only got out on Saturday um, and then Louise broke her laptop, which she'll have to tell us about. Um, so things were just not working in our favor, but maybe it was just the universe being like, take a beat, guys, mm-hmm. like come back in a couple of weeks. Oh my God, my dad's waving at me through the window. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone that doesn't know, I'm now back at my parents. Um, as you were following along, Tom and I moved to London in two weeks. God. So I'm staying with my family and Louise and I were just trying to record and my dad's got a freaking wind blower going in the background. So... <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> look, having a home studio times two is not easy for anyone no. who cannot appreciate. We're battling the elements out here. <laughs> we really are. Anyway, how are you, Lou? What's been going on? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I feel like I finally saw you just this weekend gone, which was so nice in the flesh. I feel like yes. I actually haven't seen you in years after seeing you like every second day. <laughs> I know. We used to see each other literally every day at work. And then with the podcast, we were catching up like at least once a week, sometimes twice. And then, yeah, we went like, what, maybe a month and a bit without seeing each other. Yeah, December was just a blur. Chaos. Yeah, it's been really good. As you said, I literally opened my laptop screen last Monday, ready to like, you know, kick off my working year. So prepared to be productive. And it was completely shattered. Because, God love you, I know you're listening, Abby. She bought me this gorgeous phone charm that's like this cute little dainty beaded, uh, you know, like charm that plugs into your phone. And I love it and I'm obsessed, but I'm so careless. And I like shut my laptop screen on top of these tiny little beads that look innocent, but they're clearly little assholes and (laughs) shattered my screen. So yeah, that's kind of added to the out of action because apparently you need technology to record oh, podcasts. Um, that reminds me so much of those people when you read reviews on products and they leave like a really bad review, but it's like something that is like entirely out of the control of like the product yeah. or the service or whatever. Like you need to leave a review that's like, this hand charm smashed my computer and blah, 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 blah. Like buyers beware. Like I remember Tom and I were looking at like buying some bedding and stuff for our new place in London. And some of the reviews are just so terrible. Like you would know that when you buy it, that that's not like what you're getting or like just, just stupid shit. And it's so funny that people take the time to like go and leave a review. That's just so unproductive. It's so funny you say this because obviously everyone who listens knows we work in marketing and just today at my day job, we were chatting about, you know, some bad reviews that were left about um, an organization and I was saying literally no, like why are reviews even a thing? No one takes time out of their day to leave a positive one. Like, oh yeah, Katie was great and so nice and this product's amazing. Like it's always just this little nitpicky person who's gone out of their way to (laughs) be spiteful on a review. It's so random. Yeah, and, like, I'm 
I'm that person. Like, I'm way more likely to leave a negative review. Like, if I've had a really bad experience, sure. I will take the time to go and leave a, a negative review. <laughs> Whereas I've had a really good experience. I don't know. You just don't think that you Never. should go do that. But we should know that because we both work in marketing and reviews are, like, so essential to our business. But, um, yeah, I'm totally, like, guilty of that as well. Well, even funnier, like, I never go anywhere unless I look at the reviews. So I should yeah. even know that I shouldn't <laughs> just trust the reviews because, again, no one's going to post their positive experience. Exactly. Anyway, so maybe you can leave a positive review and say it's really cute, but, like, don't close your laptop on it. That would be, like, really exactly. helpful. Yeah. Use error. Anyway, you've got a... <laughs> You've got your laptop back now. Thank Finally God. back. Literally, it's been in my hot little hands for like less than 30 minutes. And I feel like I was, it's just weird because I work on it. We have this podcast. Like, you know, mm. I literally am on this every day. So it felt, yeah. it'd be like someone else losing their phone. It sounds so ridiculous, but yeah. I have felt naked. Yeah, like absolutely. Especially if you don't have access to like another laptop that will yeah. be able to tie you over or whatever. Oh, chaos. Well, look, we're back. We're um we're doing this again. We're still feeling positive about 2022. <laughs> we are still not wanting to talk about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I've had it. I've survived. I now have like no interest in hearing anything else about coronavirus, especially now that I've had it. Um, so yeah, let's just get on with our lives, hey? I love it, and I mean, you've got something to look forward to in just two weeks. So let's put this all up behind you. <laughs> Yes, two weeks until London, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. As Lou said earlier, we saw each other for the first time on the weekend, which was our going away party, uh, which was fresh off the back of COVID isolation. So um, Sunday was pretty rough for me, oh, I won't no. lie. Uh, <laughs> did not go well. <laughs> I don't think I've been that hungover in a long time. It was really awful. Yeah, I think, like, I didn't have any dinner. I was drinking mixture of drinks because people were buying Ooh. me, like, whatever. And then we went back to a friend's house and he just had like an assortment of different alcohols. So I was just drinking whatever he had. Dangerous. Oh, it was rough. But thankfully, bless his soul, Tom was like, you know, it's time to go, took control of the situation and we went home. But oh God, it was, it was fun. But yeah, man. Not cute the next day. No, I'm just too old, man. I'm too old. Well, when I I left quite early, I left at like seven or eight o'clock, and you were in good sorts then. Like you weren't <laughs> you weren't drunk. You were you know what I mean. So yes. it must have spiraled quite quickly. <laughs> it didn't spiral. Like I wasn't bad. I was only I only felt like shit like when we got home, which is yep. good. And then like the next day, I was like so hungover, but like I was fine. I was very chatty and talking random shit as always. But anyway, love it. I do have to really quickly interrupt and talk about so obviously it was your going away party so it was all your close friends and a lot of these people I had never met and but they had they listened to this podcast and I yes. have to comment on I love it people asked all about Doug they wanted to see photos of him they wanted to hear about him in the flesh I felt like I had a famous dog I know there was one point where we were sitting and someone was like oh my god I have to ask are you the podcast like co-host and you were like yes like literally i felt pain like i was like is this what it feels like <laughs> this is amazing a saturday at the bowls club having yeah. someone ask that is exactly what it feels like to be famous let me tell you <laughs> over my 15 dollar jug of bloody house beer like i've made it 
No, there was a lot of people that asked about uh, the pod that day. Everyone's very supportive. So I any of you guys that. that were there on Saturday and you're listening in now, we appreciate it and we appreciate you. So thank you. Absolutely. Anyway, should we dive into this thing? Let's do it. Let's jump into some content that we've both been consuming because I feel like I've got some hot recos this week. Oh, all right, Louise. <laughs> I like it when you come in with some confidence for once. I know, like not to toot my own horn. But, um, okay, well, I'll kick off. And I actually have this uh, review um, to thank you for. So oh. our last episode, you um, recommended a book by Colleen Hoover. Mm-hmm. I believe it was It Ends With Us. Is that correct? So I really wanted to read it after you were gloating about it. So I purchased it. And then in the reviews, I saw there was another book of hers that heaps of people were um, recommending. And it's called Ugly Love. Mm -hmm. So I ordered it. And I'm not even kidding. I woofed this down in less than 24 hours. Wow. That's very speedy. It was so... Like, I literally... This is so dorky. But I stayed up, obviously, late reading it. And then the next morning, I got up early, got in my... Like, got ready for work, drove to work a little bit earlier, and sat in my car and read, like, three chapters before I went into the office. Holy shit. I have heard very good things about this book, so I will need to read it as well. Absolutely. Like, it's uh, it's kind of, like, a little bit cliche. It's a little bit raunchy, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um like a little bit predictable but at the same time like the ending I was not I didn't see it coming and then the in the end I think the um cover the artwork cover gives it away a little bit which is kind of cool but it jumps between the past like one of the main characters past and then the other main characters like current um and as the situation's unfolding so it's really really good I would highly recommend Mm -hmm. and that's Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next recommendation is actually, I don't know if I can do this, but it's one that's out of the theaters at the moment and it's King Richard. I have not heard of this. What is it? You haven't heard? Oh my God. So I don't think it's so. the story of, um, Serena and Vil- and Venus Williams' dad. Oh, Richard yes. Will- I think you were talking about this a little while ago. Yeah. So I wanted to, like, I saw the preview obviously like last year or something and I've wanted to see it ever since. And it's so brilliant. It's all about like how I guess he was like a really big driving force in their childhood to get them to where they are and like how he never mm. gave up on them and he would just bug like talent agent after talent agent and coach after coach um and kind of I guess set the tone for their future without mm. it being like quite gloaty like they obviously give credit to the girls being you know really hardworking and super talented but um yeah it's just really good and it kind of the ending is kind of like everything he envisioned in his plan that he keeps referencing throughout the whole movie is actually what happened so mm-hmm. and they are what he literally said when they were like six years old they would be so it's just really cool, um, really well done. It's like two and a half hours, so it's quite a long watch, but it is literally the best movie both my partner and I have seen in years. It was really Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. Will Smith plays the dad, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. So okay. it's, yeah, it's really, really good. So we definitely recommend that um, if everyone's branching out to going to the movies again. 
which mm-hmm. is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then my third recommendation is actually a podcast. As you guys know, we came into the new year feeling really refreshed and like ready to, you know, switch our mindset and have a really positive year. Um, <laughs> and I oh, definitely oh, that failed. Oh my god, I know. But I'm that, that I'm that person who buys into the books and the podcast for yeah. you know two months and then it fizzles out. Um, but this is a podcast called The Mindset Mentor, and I found it on Spotify. Um, but it's this American guy and to be completely honest, I've only listened to about four or five episodes and then nothing like what he talks about. It's nothing I haven't already heard or read or, you know, seen before. Like it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's just the way he delivers it. It's like a really refreshing, like refresh, I guess, of just trying to inspire you and motivate you to be your best self and do things that are going to make you be, you know, quite proactive or, um, quite ambitious. So, like, they're, like, 20 20 to 30-minute episodes, so they're bite-sized. So a really good listen for when you're driving to work and lacking a little bit of motivation like I was. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to those as well. I feel like I need something like that at the moment. So that's actually one I'm definitely going to go have a look at. But I'm not driving anywhere right now because I'm working from home um, (laughs) because of the whole peak situation Mm -hmm. so I just like I have been listening to far less podcasts because I just don't like I really did listen to it mostly when I was driving or sometimes if I'm like going to exercise but because I've been sick I haven't been exercising and I haven't been driving anywhere so I really need to get back on my podcast game ASAP maybe while you're like cooking or cleaning or yeah I'm sure I can find the opportunity (laughs) slotted into the schedule (laughs) Anyway. Well, I have to listen to the hysterical feminists, so, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we got to figure it out. Cool. I love it. Great recommendations. Nice variety there, which yeah, is good. a bit of everything. But what have you got for us? Well, I have to do a similar thing, and I have to back up a recommendation you made last time, which Ooh. was The Sex Lives of College Girls. Oh, so good. After you recommended it and you described it, I was like, that sounds so up my alley and I went and watched the entire show in one day uh, (laughs) because I was in ISO so um if anyone who did miss it Louise recommended this last week and it's on binge and it focuses on four college girls and their experience obviously with like sex and boys and girls and whatever and it's written by Mindy Kaling whom I love she has so many great projects um and did you know that one of the girls is played by Timothy Chalamet's sister I don't even know who Timothy is you don't know who Timothy Chalamet is no should I I'm not good with names (laughs) far out okay we'll do some research and then come back to me but I would suspect most other people know who Timothy Chalamet is anyway his sister plays one of the main characters one of the other main characters is played by this girl who's a phenomenal Broadway actress actually and she played Regina George um in Mean Girls on Broadway um do you know who I'm talking about now Louise she's just googling I did a sneaky google yes I recognize (laughs) Um, anyway, no, it's just, it's really juicy and like fun. And I just, yeah, I breezed through it. I loved it. So I just wanted to second that recommendation because it was so great. Um, something else I watched that someone brought up on Saturday at our party was The King of Staten Island, which is a film on binge as well, which is a semi-bioptic about Pete Davidson. 
and he wrote it alongside Judd Apatow and another person and then Judd Apatow directs it and Pete plays the main character which is loosely based off his own life because for anyone who doesn't know Pete Davidson's dad was a firefighter who died in 9-11 um, oh, so we didn't this know film, that. Yeah, so this film um, kind of follows that story of, like, a kid from Staten Island whose dad's a firefighter who dies in a fire, um, not specifically in 9-11 in the film, but obviously plays on that similar um, storyline. And, like, some really, like, cute poetic moments of, like, his character in the film is called Scott, which was the name of his dad. Mm-hmm. And in the film he has a sister called, I think, like, Cassie, and his sister in real life is called Casey. So it was, like, very much modelled off his own life and it's actually a really long movie it goes for like two hours and I would say it's probably an indie flick like it's definitely not a blockbuster it's very Mm -hmm. um yeah like a bit of an independent film but I just found it really interesting and I personally really like Pete Davidson I like his like comedic style so I found it like a much more in-depth character than I've ever seen him play Mm -hmm. and it was just there was no real kind of beginning middle and end it was just a very I guess like authentic journey of a young man going through you know the post-traumatic stress of your father dying at a young age um, especially in the case of like dying on the job and never coming home you know something like that Um, and his struggles with his relationships with his mom and his sister and all those kind of things so I honestly cannot recommend this enough I thought it was such a great flick a very easy watch Mm -hmm. um Definitely, I would say, like, don't expect some big, like, as I said, blockbuster. Like, it's pretty just, like, I guess comfort watching. Like, nothing really majorly happens, <laughs> but it's still really good. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really sweet story about, like, relationships and how people deal with different situations. So oh. I would highly recommend that. That's on Binge. Mm-hmm. Um, Another um, movie I wanted to recommend is a documentary on Netflix called 14 Peaks. Um, This is all about a mountaineer hiker um, who does, decides to do the top 14 peaks above, I think it's 18,000 meters. And they're all kind of in um, like Taiwan, Nepal, all those kind of countries. And in the past, the only person who's done all 14 peaks Um, the world record they did it in I want to say 17 years I might be wrong but I'm pretty sure it was around that time Um, whereas this guy did it in eight months so he hiked like peak after peak after peak and it is just the most incredible documentary of like human strength and persistence and just drive like this guy clearly has some kind of like I don't even know like he's he's not normal by any you know <laughs> means like nobody has that level of dedication I don't think um but he's just so impressive and you know people die during it literally while they're filming like some of the hikers die during some of the treks oh, um wow. and the ma- the amount of footage that they managed to capture because they carried cameras with them the entire time is just phenomenal and some of this footage of like avalanches happening while they're hiking um, he also took this really famous photo on top of Mount Everest, which um, if you saw it, you'd probably recognize it. It's a photo looking back on Mount Everest and just the sheer traffic of how many people hike Everest now. Um, and yeah, it's just, I Tom mentioned it and I kind of blew it off over and over again because I was like, that sounds so boring. <laughs> but it was so fascinating 
and like honestly it made me feel like the laziest pathetic piece of shit ever (laughs) but in like the most motivating and exciting way like it was just it was great I highly recommend and for someone that has attempted a trek um I did the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in Peru and for anyone who doesn't know I did not make it the whole way I made it about halfway and was breathing out of an oxygen tank so um I like totally could put myself in that situation in like the tiniest amount in comparison but even that you know like I can't even imagine what these guys go through so that was an amazing amazing documentary that I would highly recommend to everyone it was fantastic oh okay i'll have to check that one out you will i feel like you'd really like it you like kind of random stuff like that yeah um and then my final recommendation is definitely something that's like in the zeitgeist very popular right now very pop culture and that's euphoria have you ever watched euphoria no but a lot of our like common friends are chatting about it at the moment so i think i want to give it a go yeah so um it's back in the world of chatter i guess because season two has just dropped um there's only two episodes out they come out like by week um and it's i honestly think it's like the skins of the 2020s like for anyone who didn't watch skins um it was based on these like bunch of british high schoolers who were all into like drugs and sex and it was very like much more i guess like sexually awakened and diverse Mm -hmm. and like lesbian relationships gay relationships like there was much more to it a lot of drugs a lot of violence it was like a show that I watched in high school that I felt very naughty for watching (laughs) um sorry mum so I feel like euphoria is like a glorified new age version of that that's like much more trendy and much less pathetic um but yeah it's all about high schoolers the main character Rue is a drug addict and the show starts with her having just come out of rehab um and it's totally become this like cult classic if not any like a lot of it's about like the fashion a lot of the trend pieces come from it are makeup trends and fashion trends and there's so many things that have come from euphoria that have become very trendy in the real world so Mm -hmm. anyway um it had a bit of a hiatus because they filmed the first season right before covid hit and then they weren't able to film for a while so Uh. yeah i think for her season came out in either 2020 or 2019 um but I really like it. I think it's just such a different type of TV show. It's very dark. It's very, Mm. like, kind of quirky and vibey. There's a lot of really cool characters, but it is very, like, violent, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of sex. So just be prepared. Like, a lot of people I've seen have said that they can't watch it because they have histories with substance abuse and it's quite triggering, and I can Mm -hmm. totally appreciate that. I do think that I... I worry about what role it plays in the development of young kids. I don't think anyone under the eighteen age of 18 should be watching the show. Um, Does it, like, glorify it? Or is it just just because it touches on it and it's so prominent, do you think? I think it does, kind of. Like, I don't think it's supposed to because, obviously, she's a drug addict and it's showing all the horrible things that happened to her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, kids are just influenced by whatever they see. And I yeah. just... They're, these these girls in this show and these guys are really good looking and really trendy and you know like I just I do think that it could potentially be having an opposite effect to what they want similar mm-hmm. to um 14 14 reasons oh. why don't like that was all 13 about 13 reasons why 13 reasons why <laughs> <So close. laughs> that, was all, 
that was all about a girl who mm. commits suicide and then leaves all these notes behind and I felt like that show was so problematic and yeah. you know like the idea of creating copycats like the normal media doesn't report suicide for fear of copycats and people doing that same thing so creating an entire show about something like that whilst yes it's good to have these conversations and mm. to have much more diverse topics I do think I don't know like I, I honestly don't even really know where I stand on like whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but yeah. as someone who doesn't have any substance abuse issues and like isn't at risk of being triggered by any of it it's definitely an entertaining show it's definitely unlike anything else I'm really watching at the moment um so yeah if you're after something a little bit darker it's like you really only would watch one episode at a time um I'm gonna go back and watch the first season because I feel like I've lost I've like missed a lot and I just forget what happens so I'm gonna go back and then watch um season two again but yeah it's great I really enjoy it so you can watch um Euphoria on binge as well so a lot of binge recommendations today there's a lot of good stuff on there oh actually that kind of makes me sad because part of the new year I was going through expenses and budgeting and I realized how many streaming sites we were paying for so I vetoed binge and stan and I'm not even kidding you know how like you've got like a certain amount of days before you know your next billing cycle and it ends and on both platforms I just started watching new shows on both of them and got hooked and invested and then they cut out so I'm like fuck it I'll just start repaying for them again that sucks I feel like I've decided that subscription services are like my health and wellness budget <laughs> so it's fine like I have no problem paying for it it's not, and it's research I gotta know what's going on you know that's true is this tax deductible yeah totally <laughs> anyway that's my recommendation plenty for you guys to dive into Should we jump into some news? What have you got? Absolutely. Um, well, I'll kick off with some bad news today. And this is actually um, a couple of days old now, but I still feel like it's super important to touch on this one um, and kind of sad and does have a tiny bit of a trigger warning. But this is from um, the ABC and it's about, and the headline is mother and six-year-old daughter killed in stabbing in Melbourne's north. So this is a really um, especially tragic story because this mother and daughter were obviously tragically killed um, by a man who was the ex-partner. And um, there was actually another young child, a 10-year-old, in the house at the time of the murder. So I guess it's obviously a tragedy that, you know, a mother and a, and a young child were killed. But the fact that there was also a survivor who witnessed it at such oh, a young age is awful. Like nothing short of fucked, to be completely mm. honest. Um, so I know we've touched on similar stories in the past, but we just think it's so important to continue spotlighting you know these articles because some like I almost missed this like I don't think this Mm. got very much coverage I don't know whether it was just me you know being in a different bubble especially with you know so much news of the cocoa going around Mm. but this is just an absolute tragedy and I think what makes it 
Even more tragic is the fact that the police were actually called to the house um, to, I guess, like investigate and assess this, the man who killed um, the mother and daughter earlier that day. So, yeah, um, the police actually arrived and assessed the situation and kind of cleared him, said he wasn't a threat. And then hours later, um, obviously, this really, really sad tragedy happened. It, It started kicking off in the house and the mother actually ran out of the house to try and flee him and he chased her down into this um public park and yeah really really sadly ended her life so it's yeah nothing short of a tragedy I don't think there's anything that we could say um to even add to this or to you know cover the the loss or the sadness of this story but yeah it's just I think another example of how the system has failed a a woman um and a small child or two small children as well it's yeah I'm kind of speechless to be honest yeah that's so fucked and that actually fits in really well with the story that I put in for today which I know you actually messaged me (laughs) saying was the same story you put in which is funny yeah um so this is a story from the pedestrian and the headline reads the government opened up feedback for its plan to end violence against women but only for two weeks um and this story just touches on um the government has now officially released their draft national plan to end violence against women which aims to address and ultimately end gendered violence however it's copying it's copying flack from advocates and experts for only giving the public two weeks to give their feedback isn't that just so indicative of this country? Like, oh as God. Brittany Higgins said, it is breathtakingly disrespectful to everyone. Mm-hmm. To it just it just shines a light on how this is not a big enough problem. If they're like, we'll give you as much time as the school holidays to send us feedback on this huge issue, Massive. and then that's it. Like, I actually can't even believe this, and I also can't believe this isn't getting more attention. Yeah. Like, I was honestly struggling for stories today, if I'm honest. Like, everything is just about COVID right now. There was Mm -hmm. nothing else going on there. I was contemplating whether we would even include this section because I didn't know what to talk about. And I was scrolling through Pedestrian and through the cut and everything, and I came across this story, which was um, printed on January 14, so a few days ago. And I didn't hear a fucking word about this. So the other thing is too, like, it's obviously closed. There's no opportunity for anyone to leave any more feedback. Like, this just hasn't... There's just no spotlight on this whatsoever. I just can't even believe it. And this is supposed to be a 10-year plan that has received just such minimal attention and, like, yeah, time of day. Whereas if you think about fucking you know, big tax corps, you know, fighting for lower tax rates and, like, all this other shit that we constantly hear about, constantly Mm -hmm. talked about, like, it's just so pathetic and it's so... It's just not surprising, but it's so sad. It's... Yeah. I mean, especially when you hear cases like what we just spoke about, like, it's just... How, how can this be belittled to a two-week window when there's massive... Like, there's literally lives at stake and they're just completely dismissing it and I and I know there's so many people who work you know in in the courts and especially in the domestic violence um sector and they're all you know rallying for change and they're all working for this cause Mm. and it just must be I just think about them as well like obviously we think about victims but then we think about the people who are working their ass off and you know trying to pave a career to make change and then Mm. to see something like this and it be so dismissed it must just be infuriating Yeah, well, as um, Australian of the Year 2021 Grace Tame said, 
a perfect example of the government's consistent approach to diet issues. I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired of being told we shouldn't plan because at least they're making a plan. It's rubbish, and it's so true. You know, like you people are caught talked about being you know extreme and overly passionate and to you know having um going to protests and doing all these things and it's like it's because a government fucking does nothing like mm-hmm. fucking scotty from marketing honestly if he doesn't get voted out this year oh my god it, a reckoning he, will come he can't stay like l- like surely he cannot stay in. Like, I will be baffled. I'll do something completely humiliating in public that uh, that you decide I have to do if he stays in. <laughs> That's I, how confident I am. Can I tell you, though? So, a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry to talk about COVID, but when I was sick, mm. I lined up for four hours by myself in my car to get a second PCR test because I, for myself, wanted to know whether I had COVID or not mm-hmm. um, because I couldn't get a rapid antigen anywhere and mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, like... it. I don't want to go through this um, pandemic not having actually ever known if I had the virus. You know, originally I was so frustrated and I was like, Tom has it. I'm sick. I obviously have it. But like, you know, you just want that confirmation. So Mm -hmm. whatever, I lined up and I was just sitting in that line, not moving, thinking like, this is just so infuriating. Like this government fucked up our vaccine orders to where we were a year behind the rest of the planet. Mm -hmm. And then we had this very short reprieve of being able to experience life. And I'm mostly referring to Sydney and Melbourne who've had it a lot worse than Queensland. And then, you know, Omicron hits and we've only just gotten back to freedom because we only just started getting vaccinated. And now we're back into pretty much a self-inflicted lockdown as they're referring to it because it's unofficial at this stage, but yet no one's game to go anywhere because they're going to get sick. Anyway, so I posted on my Instagram story a photo of the line kind of saying, you know, this is a joke. ScoMo is a moron. He fucks up everything. And then I put a video of him at the cricket talking about how, like, oh, this is Australians living with the virus. This is great. And kind of commented being like, meanwhile, he's at the fucking cricket while all of us are, like, sick with the virus, in line, trying to get tested. Like, it's bullshit. And he is literally having the audacity to comment on Australians living with the virus. I got far more replies defending ScoMo (gasps) than I would like to say. No. Number of people were like, oh, it's not his fault. It's the Queensland government. Like, Anastasia's the problem. And I was like, excuse me? Immediately going to unfollow all of you that just replied that. But, like, people genuinely somehow do like him. And people have this, like visceral hate for Anastasia Palaszczuk which I don't understand and infuriates me and like yes she's not perfect she hasn't done everything exceptionally well but I think she's done a very fucking good job and I think mm. Queensland's situation and where we you know how we we actually managed to live for the last two years to be Agreed. honest mm-hmm. I think she's done a great job and the two major issues with this pandemic that I have are the lack of vaccination planning and now the lack of testing planning. They are both fucking federal issues. They are absolutely not state focused. So anyway, my whole point is we say that we will be shocked, but I don't know. I, I don't know whether he could get back in because clearly people like him and clearly people do vote for him. That's traumatizing. That is not the positivity I needed to hear. When I got a cut, when I got like one, the first reply, I was like, 
I don't even know what to say to you. That's why I'm I'm actually shocked. I didn't think I'll tell you off mic who one of those people was and you will be Oh, I don't know if you'll be surprised, but you do know them. Anyway. Oh, geez. Anyway. <laughs> Cliffhanger for the audience. Yes. Everyone listening is like fucking tell us. Yeah, sorry, I'm not gonna put anyone on blast. But you you just never know. Like some people mm. I think this pandemic has been so interesting because I feel like it has really put another layer of like people are much more politically motivated and outspoken than we ever were before. Like Agreed. I, I'm a particularly like politically driven person that I, me and my best friend have always gone along so well because we talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you and me, for example, would have never talked about politics probably before never. COVID. No. Um, and so I think the last two years just really have shown where people sit and like what motivation they have. And it's just so interesting because so many of us are discovering that like people that we're friends with have totally different morals and beliefs in us. And it's just, it's very, it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. It is. I don't know whether it's for the better or the worse <laughs> yeah. to be completely honest, but it is what it is. It's a world we live in and yeah. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, we're here petitioning for the end of ScoMo because enough's enough. He can just fuck off to Fiji forever. That would be great. Is that where he was? Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii. No, Hawaii. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Anyway. God, that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does. So many more fuck-ups since <laughs> Oh, God, honestly. Anyway, uh... so that's my tragic story um some pretty terrible news here today unfortunately we don't have a lot of good news to report but the good news is we are back we are healthy we are Mm -hmm. ready for the new year we promise um (laughs) despite the disruptions going on and the disruptions that are to come with me getting on a plane to the other side of the world this podcast will continue it will (laughs) capital letters and we will make it work um because we love doing it and and apparently you guys seem to enjoy it too, which is a bit weird, but thanks. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear, yeah, what stories you get up to. I think it's going to kind of change the dynamic of the pod a little, and I'm really yeah. excited. I think you're going to be up to some really cool stuff, which I think will be a nice little reprieve for a lot of our listeners who, you know, travel seems so far for all of us. I know you mm. and I have discussed this. I keep telling people, my friends are moving to London in two weeks, and people are like, can she? Like, that's so crazy. So I, for one, will speak on behalf of the audience at one, you'll be really missed physically here in Australia but two we can't wait to hear all about your exciting journeys and escapades and all the shit you get to see so I, I'm re- I'm excited I'm rejuvenized and I'm I'm ready to take this pod to the next level it's so crazy on that note of like travel um my birthday's at the end of February and I like really want to do some kind of trip and I was looking up you know like either getting the Eurostar to Paris or getting a flight to somewhere and it just feels so bizarre to actually think that that's like feasible for like in the next month's time for something that I could be doing um and like first of all the Eurostar to Paris is around like 200 Australian dollars a flight Mm -hmm. to Budapest is 40 dollars I just am so ready for like like $200 to Paris already is like bearable, but like $40 to another, like, I just can't even comprehend, but that's, that's why people live in London. Right. So anyway, I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm like so happy for you, but so jealous at the same time. (laughs) You just got to come visit. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, we could do like a live pod yes. from London Town twenty end of twenty twenty two. Definitely, we will one hundred percent be doing that. I love that. Anyway, we've been chatting your ears off, so we should um, we should go. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, guys. And we're so excited to come back next week with some great content um, and hopefully some more positive news. Yes, we'll try. All right. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.